Hello, and welcome to episode 11 of the Exposition Break podcast, which we are tentatively titling A Sacrifice to the Hellfire. Uh, we are your home for video game critiques, industry analysis, and entertainment. We've decided to remove news from that line because we fail to be timely on a regular basis. And for those that don't know, I am Blake Foley, and I am joined by my co-host, Sean Gandert. Today, we are talking about Resident Evil 2, uh, the I, remake I'm, in particular. I'm pretty sure... I live my life by the ethos. Timeliness is uh, isn't worth trying for. Um, <laughs> it's a it's a fair point. It's a fair point. Time is relative, anyway. I, we're in COVID time. I don't, you know, it, it's all a mess of what happened, what day, when. There's today. There's the future, and then there's all the past. And uh, I feel like that's also fitting because we're look, taking a look at Resident Evil 2 Remake, which is a game that was set in the future when it came out, but is in fact a uh, set in the deep past now. Yes, indeed. And uh, just as before we hop into it, I do want to provide a spoiler warning to anyone that does listen. Um, Resident Evil 2 spoilers and general Resident Evil franchise spoilers spoilers are all fair game as we talk about this game. So let's hop right in. Um, I, we'll just start by saying, you know, what are, you know, today's topic is particularly the Resident Evil 2 remake, which Sean has just finished. Um, and our personal experiences with the franchise differ significantly. Um, I've been a long-running fan having dabbled in the originals kind of as they came out but never really quite getting into them um, playing code veronica on the playstation 2 when that was re-released -re there and that was the first one i actually completed and then eventually when the gamecube um remake came out i became a fan of the franchise you can say that was my turning point you sean however what is what is your experience with the franchise well, I was first introduced to the franchise in an EGM issue back in uh, middle school, I believe. And I remember reading a walkthrough of it and being like, this game sounds really hard. <laughs> and you know what? I later on played it, and it was quite difficult. I did not... I played for like 45 minutes. I would not touch touch the uh, series again until I played uh, Resident Evil 5 uh, through in co-op with you like a decade or so ago now. It's, it's, it's a long time now that I think about it. It's been a and, while. And we, we punched through a rock and got through that. And we played through... Um, some of resident evil 6 co-op and got frustrated and quit yes i think we played like three four hours it's no we, we played more than that because we, we finished did. we finished one or two of the campaigns did, the problem is that game had... the camp yep we did two of the campaigns and then we had this one thing that we, it was a timing based puzzle and it is like the most frustrating timing based puzzle you know what the timing is supposed to be, but uh, particularly with like a slight amount of lag from playing mm -hmm. online, it made it nigh impossible. <laughs> yeah, it was it was one of those things. Lag was definitely a contributing factor, but then out of curiosity, after we gave up, I tried doing it with the AI, and the AI kept failing me too. So I yeah, that someday I want to go back and play that because given my history with the franchise, six is the only mainline entry I haven't finished. Which is which is kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah, I I remember afterwards when you're playing that with the AI because 
initially I thought what we would do is we'd both on our own get through that part with the AI and then just play again co-op. Mm-hmm. And then when you when the AI kept dying, I was like, you know what? Maybe maybe we're done. Maybe we're yeah. done. And then I think we turned to Dead Space three and then uh, uh, <laughs> Yeah, which was which was also uh, a disappointment. I you know I of the two of us, you are definitely the survival horror horror gamer, and I think it's more. Uh, I don't know that it's necessarily because I'm uninterested in it, but simply, uh, a lot of the systems that I got and played through when I had more time in life uh, were Nintendo based, and other than Resident Evil Four, they were not great systems for survival horror. And mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like there have been a lot of interesting survival force things, particularly like even uh, indie and PC stuff over the last decade. But um, yeah, through the 90s and such, it was very much a uh, it was a good thing if you're Dreamcast, if you're PlayStation, but not so much if you're going through Nintendo, except for that weird Capcom exception when they did their deal on Resident Evil 4. Like the, well, yeah, that was part of the, was it the Capcom 5? 5, yeah, yeah, it was one of the 5. And one of the, the five. Only 5. The only 5 anyone actually remembers. Yeah, and Piano 3, I, I remember a couple. Anyway, I think, was the remake one? Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> I mean, there, there's been some fun, interesting stuff with Nintendo and the Resident Evil franchise around for like Resident Evil Zero was actually originally supposed to be a Nintendo 64 game. And there is footage of it out there, which is kind of crazy and interesting as that evolved. But um, specifically, yeah, I think if I recall, they did come out on the 64, but those weren't the versions to play or the memorable yeah, versions. I did the the 64. Um the way that it dealt with polygons and audio and textures and particularly um, makes it a bad fit for a type of uh, 3D game. Um, mm-hmm. just, uh, in order to deal with sound well, it actually has to use the CPU and that slows it down. So that makes it slower for when it's rendering. Uh, anyhow, it's it's just a mess. It's a mess, and yeah, the textures themselves, which that the the approach in those older games made them kind of unrivaled graphically at their time because of the way they you know used pre-rendered basically flat backgrounds that gave the impression of three-dimensional depth. So they were rendering very few polygons, and that let them do some really cool, interesting things. And we'll get to that when we talk about a bit of our exploration of Resident Evil 2's original when you're talking about camera angles. But for oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, well, then you hit it against the N64 didn't have the memory. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of uh, when you're when I'm thinking about the original RE, there's those textures that take up the whole level and look really good. And then there's the audio and, and the like FMV. The com- yeah, the, F- the FMV that I, I was happy to witness with you on the on the stream we did of this on the weekend but like all of that is stuff that the nintendo just could not do well even on the gamecube uh you know there's limited storage uh because of the mini disc so Mm. yeah survival horror i feel like the um it's something i've interested in and i was very very into dead space Mm -hmm. um absolutely love dead space but it's a thing where i kind of didn't go into that much in resident evil i think especially as a franchise got longer and longer 
um and it without resetting you know it's not like final fantasy where you can just play the new one um the amount of baggage involved with it has always uh kind of kept me away in the, in the way where other series is that i haven't played that much until more recently like metal gear solid why a lot of why i stayed away for so long was when i go i know how many games of story do i need to catch up with I'm good. <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's one of the things i do love about the franchise is the amount of just lore and story that is admittedly ridiculous um it's it's not good um by any means but i do really enjoy the weird amount of depth that it does get into on characters and reappearances and it's there's so much weird fan service that takes place in the franchise that i really enjoy i'm a sucker for fan service when it's done right and i feel like resident evil 2 general or resident evil generally nails it for the kind of stuff i'm looking for so yeah with that you uh recently got to play after some brief experience with the co-op entries which are the outliers of the franchise you got to play the remake of resident evil 2 which you know it's it's definitely very different it's a very modern game that is you know put side by side short of locations names and those sorts of things is gameplay wise barely recognizable but what what were your initial impressions diving into it It, it's an interesting thing because i I, as of right now i feel like resident evil 2's remake is maybe the most acclaimed resident evil at least since four like it's it's kind of the it feels a bit like the crown jewel as far as uh at least my perception uh, and I came at it um, a little bit skeptically just because uh, my knowledge of the originals and dealing with typewriter ribbons and such and going, I just did, I do not have that hardcore sense. And I was happy when I started playing and it went, oh, OK, I can do this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they definitely took a step back. And that's one of the things that why it's so successful is took a step back and looked at like the ink ribbon mechanic. And those that aren't familiar in the original Resident Evils, um, you needed the saving was a consumable object. You, there were a limited number of times you could save on a playthrough. And that was if you found all of them. There were even less if you didn't find all of them. They were ink ribbons that you had to exchange to save. Even take up an inventory slot. And that, that was the other point of it, is they took up an inventory slot. And what that did in, in retrospect is, you know, it just added tedium. As a fan of those older ones, I am replaying the orig- the remake on the GameCube version on a modern platform. But the saving in that, what it just creates a tedious series of events every time you want to save in that you go to you go to a save room you go into your item box remove the typewriter ribbon save put it back in the item box then go on your way and all that takes time and i'm thankful that when they took a step back and looked at these they went you know that's really just more tedium and time wasting yeah i think that that's the other the other perception i had about the early resident evil games was that um they were they're designed for people who are either playing with a walkthrough or would spend like 30 hours on a 10 hour game mm-hmm. Be- because the level of difficulty but c- coupling that with the how much harder it gets if you don't get every single item you miss just a few random things and suddenly uh you'll never get 
uh, a semi-required weapon. <laughs> and that, 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 that sort of feeling. Um, so I think the other thing that was remarkable to me about the modernization was uh, the map. For yes. lack of a better say, but it it made the game um, inc- like definitely easier, but in a way that just felt um, it didn't ex- it it had more fair expectations about what it was I could have reasonably uh, done in one playthrough. Uh, there there was never a feeling where I needed to. <sighs> Yeah, I, I feel like the older games, my sense is that they, not necessarily a walkthrough, but maybe a person you talk to who knows how to do the thing or find the weapon. Mm-hmm. And this this seemed like a game that with the ex, ex, expectation that your first time playing through, you can do just fine. Yeah, I mean, looking back at the old ones and looking at the way the progression worked there were definitely conversations at school and all that kind of stuff of oh, well if you you know find the shield and put the shield here it'll do this thing like th- those were you know the playground internet as it was you know <laughs> was how largely how people got through those things magazine walkthroughs that sort of thing and looking at the modern version it is very much a game that you can complete in a vacuum relatively easily and I don't think anything is lost for it. I think that's the important thing is it's real easy from the outset to look and go, well, those are staples of the franchise. How can you remove typewriter ribbons? How can you remove extreme inventory issues? Um, and what I think, you know, if you look back at the original, they were trying, you know, they were trying to add pressure by the inventory restrictions. Um, they, you know, but what, instead what they exchanged was more so just a test of patience. It wasn't ever a matter of you can either choose this or that. It was more so an issue of you can choose this and then backtrack for this later if you want to put in the time. Yeah, I, 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 I have definitely mentioned this before on the podcast, but uh, there's a very famous uh, explanation as to a game being a series of interesting decisions and fundamentally that's not an interesting decision mm-hmm. you know whether or not i i can say it's it's a frustrating decision for sure but it's it's not what i would consider interesting in the same way an actual choice that would affect story or uh you can only pick to have the shotgun or the mm-hmm. or the uh, Uzi. You know that would be an interesting decision. But going, all right, well, you have to really search here and decide to go back, or you can tediously leave this thing on the ground. Go bring the typewriter. Go run back next time you start. Pick the thing up off the ground. Well, and that's the other thing is putting things on the ground isn't even an option. Everything needs to be, and except for Resident Evil Zero, which in lets you storage. place place items on the ground. The others all need to be put in storage, or they're lost forever. Um, to the point, there is a, there are occasional time sensitive things that do alter um, story things. Um, in Resident Evil One, in particular, there is a character that gets bit by a giant poisonous snake, and you have a certain amount of time to get him an antidote or he will die um so there there is at least one little moment of that it's barely a blip on the radar of the story but it is something um that does kind of play with that but it's mostly just a matter of it's less more it's less of a here's an interesting choice and more of a 
do you want to take the time to go do this <laughs> kind of thing which again yeah is yeah. indicative of that problem and yeah to look at the map issue so the resident evil 2 remake map um in particular it highlights everything on your map so if there's a door that has a you know uh, diamond shaped hole or key hole it tells you that on the map you don't have to remember that whereas if you're looking back at the older entries those are all things that you need to remember or make a note of in a notebook and again there's a time and place for that um but you know, i say that as a fan of la mulana which has a ton of that but it's 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 not necessary it's not interesting nothing's lost by changing that at this point because basically they are just making the map do one more thing that you don't have to do yourself and i i'm i'm welcome to that it doesn't put a big glowing icon of where you're supposed to go next so mm. no harm is done i think in that way i think yeah and actually one of the interesting things about it was that you it, there was it's both it has a linear story but it's very open in terms of like items and such how you want to go about getting them which mm -hmm. i didn't even fully realize uh until very late in my playthrough i was kind of i wasn't sure that you'd return to the uh um to the police station mm -hmm. so i felt like oh i gotta get all of this now and i was like no you can just do it later mm -hmm. um but but going back to that when you say there's a time and place for it one of the things that remakes don't do is they don't erase the original and exactly you can, like if you are against these sort of modernizations you can totally go back and play the original and and not have to deal with that at the same time for a person who uh is simply used to modern gaming conventions and their time is limited they'd rather uh they'd rather play three games this month instead of uh play just resident evil 2 for the next month and a half yeah then then this is a lot more uh this this fits a lot more with the current landscape so i i feel like those sorts of modernizations i'm sure many people have complained about but my answer is uh is then just don't play this one like, yeah it didn't erase resident evil 2 from your uh from your computer yeah no i mean that's a common thing in gaming of oh they change even in sequels they'll sit and go this lost the spirit of blah 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 because they added blah 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 and you're like well don't use that i don't know <laughs> you know but yeah yeah that's, you that's very much how i felt which is just like well uh and, and even things like the typewriter is like well then go play the mode that puts them in mm -hmm. you know like i i was actually very enchanted by including that mode and mm -hmm. just being like you want you want an experience that's more hardcore there you go and you want a modernized experience there you go this manages to include uh enough different things where i feel like it'd be hard to be uh i don't know you have to be very nitpicky and kind of obnoxious to just uh poo poo at what they did with the modernization that gamers man um <laughs> but I mean, on your note uh, i don't remember how re2 handles this um but that one thing that i wish developers would do with those modes is sometimes they put them behind you need to complete the game once to unlock mm -hmm. the mode if they're putting in those kind of modes unlock them from the start for people that do want them I, there's no reason to I make force someone to play it first one way i'm pretty sure it's there 
from the beginning uh, because I'm, I'm aware of it. Okay. <laughs> but, but, at the, but at the same time, I'm, I'm not totally sure. And it also might be something... Uh, sometimes games don't have that available, and then they patch it in later. As yeah, oh, yeah people wanted it from the start, and this could easily. Also, be you were playing my copy, and it may have pulled my cloud save. Mm. <laughs> so. That's a good. That's a good point. And, yeah. and the one thing that we probably don't have much to to jump into because it, it's not the most interesting thing. But did you play through all the weird? side story modes and i don't know if those are default unlocked because i was playing on your version but um i screwed around a little bit with one got very murdered um <laughs> but uh i just thought it was a cool addition and I, um yeah i didn't mess with them um at all so yeah my experience with resident evil 2 is i've played through both claire and chris's a stories i have not played through the b stories or through any of the other i think there's scenarios right where it's just kind of like so and so stuck in the sewers well so, so the it, it's actually kind of uh the characters who didn't make it through resident evil 2 what is their story oh okay so you're kind of you're kind of playing around with some of that stuff, and it it, it is interesting. Wait. The one I was playing was very difficult. Can I play as Marvin? Uh you might be able to. There is an interesting. I I I. It seemed like something you might want to dive into uh, more in the future. I may just as kind of a like. Um, it was it was not rote. You know, it, it, there was t there was effort and time put into. That that'd be good Twitch fodder, <laughs> to be honest. Looking for short length things to play on Twitch is always. I think they're fairly short too. Okay. I think they'd be like, uh, I think they're like two hours total, you know, sort of thing. Um, but they they seemed well done, at least what I played, uh, and just kind of, um, I don't know. Part of why the whole package feels a bit of a luxury thing. You know, with it just felt like there's so many, there's a lot of options between mm -hmm. uh, the two character stories, then the B story things you can do afterwards, and then you have all these other options. There's hardcore mode, and so it, it felt, um, yeah, it, it it's it's a it's kind of a luxurious package, and I think that maybe it was a point of view of people won't want to pay $60 for a remake. We'll make it worth <laughs> a while. And they, they did. They did. And then they released resident evil three remake and it was bare bones. <laughs> yeah. It barely had anything beyond a six to eight hour campaign, but it, we'll talk about that later. Um, wow. To a last note about, you know, the original still is there. I do want to, you know, to, I miss the days I feel like this was the PS2, GameCube, Xbox era of video games where before they had digital stores, where this package would have included the original Resident Evil as an unlockable. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, but yeah. <laughs> I, I miss those days of, you know, Metroid 1 existing inside Metroid Prime and, you know, just weird little things. I think I'm getting that wrong. I think it was Infusion, but at any rate, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, it, it it would be a cool little um little thing to have easter eggs it feels i always kind of wish that there's a way to just buy uh you know the entire set and do that sort of thing for something like resident evil and be like pay a hundred dollars and get you know 
all the modern resident evils yeah i did i did something similar to that during the last steam sale on pc which was nice so i own a lot of resident evil now um Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that so there are versions of that but it's still you know you don't have resident evil 2 the original you don't those sorts of things are still holes in it so (laughs) i i basically want the digital eclipse just like cool packaging criterion collection yeah exactly i I want that i want that version but i don't know i I, the other thing about initial impressions and it's kind of to segue into one of the other things we're going to talk about i was really i was really really enjoying the game and then i hit big old ugly speed bump and the speed bump's (laughs) name was mr x oh so yeah mr x um the, the... I don't know what he was doing there. I don't know. So if you remember Claire's version of the story, he just pops there in after there's a like helicopter mm-hmm. yep. with no explanation. He'll run around, chase you for a long time. And then eventually he'll just get like ripped through. And that, that's his whole story. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, that's kind of the one of the weird things with how this handles the story. So Mr. X, his and again, I don't know where you find this information anymore. This is part of the big lore dump. But Mr. X was a one of several uh, tyrants that were dropped in to seek out stars members um, and kill them because Umbrella knows that stars knows what's going on kind of thing. Um, and I don't recall where that information is. So yeah, from so your perspective, he the just tyrants, shows up. Can he? Because the other zombies can't really think. Can mm-hmm. he, he seems able to think. Yes, he is able to think. Tyrants are able to think and can also be like programmed. Now, I should I should mention to anyone listening that's going well. Actually, um, my memory of and refreshers on Resident Evil lore are at times 15 years old (laughs) so some things i don't actually retain or remember so i'm gonna get some things wrong but the general strokes should be accurate but yeah um certain variants of the virus are capable of thought okay Um, i mean i mean i'm also gonna say that like the series over the course of however many games has definitely retconned and changed and you know oh absolutely uh, like okay well now tyrants can think you know, I don't know if that's the case, but it's definitely had those. Well, now the virus is this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I it was just a weird thing to. He is the only non-human enemy in the game who's sentient. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a, there's also the one dude, the uh, Birkin, who is somewhat sentient, um, somewhat but he's he kind of loses his sentence yeah he starts to lose it as he gives you know he's a failed experiment basically um so yeah we kind of talked about it when we did some streaming on twitch but you know the one thing to remember is a lot of what umbrella is doing is for military applications so in some cases the idea of creating a mutated super soldier that can be programmed or has you know has its own agency is useful and other times it's not so they they are it, there's different strains of the viruses there's the t virus there's the g virus there's the you know who knows there's there's a bunch of them i forget what the one is in resident evil 7 um but they, they you know they they all serve different purposes so you know and some of them are mutations and it goes down and that's where the lore gets convoluted and silly but yeah ultimately mr x was deployed 
to hunt stars members and you don't know much about stars members short of probably what resident evil 2 tells you and a little bit of what i've told you where they were the you know elite police force out of raccoon city that was around for the very beginning of the outbreak and were responsible for attempting to expose umbrella for what they were and they uh have badges that turn into usb drives yes that's one of my favorite things is the retractable usb drive that not only do you have to expose the usb drive but if there's there's another box that if you want to open you have to actually take the time to retract the usb nub to open the little gun box um but yeah getting back to mr x so mr x is divisive to say the least um at first when i came across him i hated my life um and then i learned how to deal with him and he became less of an issue for me and i moved on um well i i think one of the things and you know i'm gonna say that he is core enough to the game i understand why they couldn't take him out but we talk about things that to me are just kind of add to the tediousness and add a bunch of inflated time Mm -hmm. without any without anything terribly interesting that's how mr x is to me where it's just like oh well i know exactly what i what i want to do but i can't do this stuff in the library because i need to go run around in three circles to get him far enough behind. yeah you you need to kite him for a while and then yeah that's there there's often one thing that you need to be doing and he's just there so you need to go sit in the save room for a little while and just wait for him to move on it was Um, very frustrating i was going for something and uh it was like well logically he shouldn't be this way because he oh he's exactly in front of the only way to go Mm -hmm. guess i'll guess i'll go to the save room and wait for five minutes fun times and he's he's also a cheat on the developer's part if i recall so i mean there there is some he as a as a technical standpoint is interesting because he actually is roaming the place in real time and there is an ai driving him so it's not like he's just appearing in places to mess with your day he actually is but roaming around and you coming across him is relatively real the reason why i say relatively is i think hackers discovered that there's a cheat in place and they actually have two mr x's roaming the place at all times that's how it kind of feels yeah is is it like um just my knowledge of how fast he's walking mm-hmm. versus where he's actually at it's like i don't think he could make it that far mm-hmm. so but it, the frustration is that he's invincible mm-hmm. and it's apparent very very early on that the stupidest thing you can do is to spend any sort of ammo on him correct yeah. uh, so uh but he, he just kind of slowly, ploddingly follows you wherever you go. And it's in a way where, uh, yeah, to me, it felt like this is just wasting my time. And, um, you know, the interesting parts that where he's there is when he's like running after you and there are zombies in front of you and have to deal with it. But that isn't most of your time with them. No. That's, in fact, like a tiny portion are those interesting sections. Most of it is you just going, okay i want to go from point a to point b will he be there seems like a 50 50. Mm-hmm. oh he was go back i don't, ha- do it I again. don't have time to move these bookshelves with him right behind me kind of thing yeah um yeah and like 
people loved the unscripted nature of him and thought it added tension i i for similar reasons didn't love it um although you know this they a lot of people this kind of leads to two things is you know just the general idea of invincible enemies in games um you know dead space has them um shadows of the damned had them uh silent hill has them at times you know the various things ask you to do various things and that's a great sentence um and and, you know sometimes it's hard to sight read what the game wants you to do in those situations and a lot of people faulted resident evil 3's remake for nemesis who's also an invisible hulking enemy that constantly stalks jill throughout that game for being almost entirely scripted in his events he doesn't roam the map in real time but instead appears at very set points in the story and would people want it to be like they have they do have mr x so like another game with literally the same yeah that's the thing that struck me as weird and even resident evil 7 has versions of mr x so so i I actually wouldn't recommend resident evil 7 to you for that reason because there are there there are characters that do that um that are very similarly i'm gonna interrupt your shit um (laughs) i also wouldn't recommend you playing the leon story for the sake that mr x has a much much bigger role in leon's story than he does he follows you into other areas than just the police station oh god yeah (laughs) yeah but there is there's some interesting and maybe it's worth maybe we do a stream i don't know it's leon's story is cool you know it's it's largely the same big beats but there's some different things that happen you don't meet with sherry um which you told me was your least favorite part of the uh the game so like i really disliked i dislike the mr x section because to me, a lot of the enjoyment of the game is exploring, which mm-hmm. is something I want to be able to do at my own pace. And beyond that, um, exploring is not interesting when you know what you want to do. Like, you know, it's no longer exploring when you know what you're trying to do, and it's just a matter of. Uh, achieving it in a certain way and that's how a lot of the mr x stuff was for me but i know that you hated the sherry uh stealth where she's being run around uh this weird orphanage by the (laughs) police police chief which is just like raccoon city has got a lot of lot of issues yeah there are there are some issues and i actually didn't really think about it until just now that it is a weird weird orphanage but then there's also his weird taxidermy room off to the side so it, it is his weird orphanage it seems to just be only his orphanage and it's like i thought he was a police chief he how does he have time to like run a evil orphanage too slash taxidermy room slash taxidermy slash like experimental anyhow like the chief is involved he's he's ultimately the bad guy for the game and uh (laughs) in claire's story yes yeah in in claire's story i don't in in leon's i assume it's of course leon but uh (laughs) but yeah you you're playing through that section as sherry and there's some 
there's a lot of stealth where he's chasing around uh, dark rooms with a flashlight while you're kind of ducking on the other side of like furniture. So yeah, that 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 stealth sequence is just an example of a trope, I guess, is a trope in video games of kind of scripted stealth sequences that mm-hmm. that are scripted stealth sequences are inherently just always bad. I'm going to make that. Well, it's, it's, it's an FMV. A scripted yeah. stealth, stealth, stealth section is a very long FMV. Yeah. And one of the things when I years ago and I was talking to you about why I dislike stealth, it was not from stealth games. It was from playing games where uh, uh the classic example i think of is uh uh zelda ocarina of time uh where as soon as you get spotted that's just it yeah and uh when i mentioned that to you and why i dislike stealth you were like well that's only like the first 30 percent of stealth then the question in a good stealth game is what do you do now Mm -hmm. and with the sherry stuff it makes sense if he spots you you're screwed sure yeah you are screwed and that does make sense it's just the 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 there's no there's no room for improvisation in the stuff sequence that they have it is it is a follow the track that we thought of but the track is rarely it's really unclear it's unclear exactly you don't know the mechanics and like the very last part of that before you go into your mad sprint after getting the key from them Mm -hmm. is a extremely unclear moment of you're basically standing in plain sight and he stumbles but if you're standing in the wrong spot he gets you it's just it's it's sloppily done and it's not clear what you're supposed to do i think a lot of the whole thing uh, he also moves his flashlight really suddenly in a way that makes it so that like it, it requires it requires a type of memorization and mm-hmm. not uh, and well, not like improvisation. There's another thing, and I don't know the exact details of this, but I was actually watching a speed run of that sequence on Twitch the other day. And it actually turns out that that whole thing is even much more broken than you expect because you can actually stand in many places and be very clearly in plain sight and he doesn't see you as long as you're on the opposite side of the item does does that does that section exist in the original more or less more or less that's a good question it has been so long i actually don't remember but i think it does not not more like there is a hide from the guy sequence i i think um so so this this is kind of the 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 thing about my resident evil 2 experience then is that my favorite part of the game was uh what the part that was uh unfortunately the most of just a remake of resident evil (laughs) i i most enjoyed wandering around the police station and not having mr x behind me wandering around opening keys searching the, for different things dealing the metroid with metroidvania adventure game of resident yes. evil yeah yep. that was that was what i had the most fun with and then it hit mr x and then uh it, it hits the sherry's stuff and um uh, i also my feeling about the post mr x's death when you're like dealing with the lab was that it wasn't bad but it was just not as inspired 
mm-hmm. it, it didn't it didn't feel as interesting to me or as real of a space as the police station, which is weird because the police station is a nonsense space. But uh... <laughs> it's nonsense, but it has a good, very good sense of place. And yeah. like Resident Evil One's mansion has a very good sense of place. One thing that I will clue you into about every single Resident Evil game, there, I mean, I'm sure there are exceptions, but there is always an underground lab. I just didn't feel like it was like a. The underground lab felt so much like every other video game lab mm-hmm. and i didn't i didn't find it to be that uh oh i it, it felt cliched in a way where the rest of it is a cl- maybe cliched for being resident evil which i don't mind because i've played a bunch <laughs> of them but that just from just a lifetime of playing video games maybe be like oh it's it's the lab mm-hmm. and there's some weird parts um i mentioned to you another day how I actually thought the this the chess part getting these chess pieces in oh, order yes. to open doors essentially is kind of tedious uh as well in terms of like i I understand basically what I'm doing, but it just takes a lot of running around with them mm-hmm. so i i it's a game where I first my excitement level for it it definitely dipped and i don't know if you how you felt about it all the way through particularly it's, like you finished the sherry section in, in a claire playthrough uh or you're doing leon like how did you feel about the rest of the game because yeah the metroidvania adventure stuff i i loved <laughs> and then um after that I, I never hit the same high again so it's it that's a tough one it's it's, it's interesting um i i like the pace switch i think ultimately mm-hmm. um because there does for me personally there's always kind of a point in games that are heavily exploration based where i am ready to just kind of go i think that's i think that's definitely fair mm-hmm. yeah um and i'm also used to you know it's a long-running franchise there's how many games that are mainline and otherwise and they they actually cover a wide gambit of gameplay types with resident evil 4 kind of creating a new template for what resident evil is and being a much more linear action-based game and resident evil 4 is still a fantastic game that i think you is worth checking out whether you watch it or you play it i think i think it should be one of your next you know games in the franchise if you proceed but that game is very much closer to the later stages of resident evil 2 remake where there's a little bit of backtracking but not much you're mostly pushing forward um it's and it wasn't that that was like a bad part mm -hmm. it's more that it um when I say that it, it felt like every other game, I think that it also felt that way in terms of gameplay, the like forward momentum in it versus the exploration part. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I do think to myself, would I have wanted basically to have, you know, maybe it looks like a lab, but basically to have the, the police station too. And, you know, the answer is no, mm-hmm. you know, that would be kind of, that would be pretty tedious. Yeah. So, 
especially yeah when you are dealing with the lab where things end up being very there's there's it's hard to do a lab with a lot of character um <laughs> you know because you know metal walls and whatnot and you know it's also like another thing that's kind of interesting is i do feel like the movie franchise is starting to influence the game franchise and just some of its depictions i guess like the lab feels very resident evil movie franchise to me in the remake um and part of that just may be a fidelity standpoint of things are really starting to catch up with you know with hollywood effects and all that but yeah i mean i think a i'm used to the labs showing up and just being what they are it's just i think i even on my twitch stream made a joke about you know trying i forget what my play on words was but it was a play on the bioshock thing there's always a man there's always a lighthouse it was something along the lines of there's always a man there's always an underground lab facility or something like that <laughs> um but you know it, it definitely i will say yeah i mean the last half is less interesting the sewer manages to be interesting from the standpoint of i do like the weird chess puzzle in that the character that they put around it of you know this electrical company or you know whatever lock company. Yeah. We, we literally like chess and we we stand by our work you know it's like who designs this crap um and I, I like the spin that they put on and that's part of what i find so endearing about the franchise in general is those weird just like these th none of this is real but they they tend to just be so sincere in it even when they are cracking wise to it to an extent resident evil 3 remake actually it returns to that police station and the character you're playing as does go who thinks of this stuff at one of the dumb puzzles <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know and like a little bit of that's okay and i'm, I'm okay with that you know if it starts yeah, lampooning it itself be, regularly i don't want duke nukem mm -hmm. you know but 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 i think if every five hours it points out you know this is this is just a video game that's mm -hmm. all right there, there's a there's a wonderful different franchise but there's a wonderful moment in silent hill 3 where the character is presented with a moment early on where you look at a toilet that's disgusting and it gives you the option of reaching into it and and again i may be misremembering this but i think i remember it right so in silent hill 2 you need to get like a key or something out of a toilet and it's gross as hell when you go to do it in three the character literally stops and goes who would do this and then moves on and i really appreciate that <laughs> yep i like it and i do like that kind of thing and i think you know resident evil does that occasionally and i enjoy it for that um it's the resident evil 2 remake i do think is probably just by modern standards modern um niceties is probably the best in the franchise due to its accessible nature due to its graphic fidelity due to its you know just polish um i i think the i think you we talked about it briefly on another thing but the characters are you know claire is pretty flat as a character mm. um i'm looking for my brother and i don't really have much to me she starts to pick up more as she starts dealing with sherry you know i think that's where she starts being more interesting and mostly it's just hard driven like man this is really fucked up what this guy's doing i'm going to protect this girl and that's that's as deep as that really gets but at least it's something um i also find it interesting that in resident evil 2 you still never really find out what happened to chris <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, know, you get through all that and you're like well, well 
still don't know where Chris is. Did he go on a vacation? I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if I recall, and this is again my memory, he's like in Antarctica or something. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of a the the Resident Evil story lore timeline is pretty nuts um maybe you can add that to uh to the list of there's always a man there's always an evil lab where's chris chris is always missing yeah and that's kind of you know it's i think there's kind of two things to talk about here and we'll kind of rescatter resident evil 2 remake here throughout but um you know where where do you think you are with the franchise from here uh yeah i saw saw that note and i wasn't like what do you mean exactly like are you interested in the lore at this point do you care about you know the greater resident evil story Uh, do you want to play other games in the franchise what where are you with it i'm at a point where i would uh, particularly resident evil 4 but like i would play other games of the franchise but i don't feel the need to seek them out okay um i don't i don't feel uh and I think her, what I get out of it, I think I, yeah, a lot of my enjoyment came from a horror tone to a more Metroidvania sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I can get games that do that well. The convolutions of the story, I would love to have explained to me, but <laughs> I do not feel, uh, I do not feel so invested where I need to go and play a bunch of games to find out or like do a deep dive on Wikipedia. I just, it's a game where, um, because the story was always clearly secondary to the creators, it's hard for it to not be that way for me too. Okay. No, that's and, fair. Um, yeah. yeah. And like, it's, it's always been, you know, this is a series that kicked off with a mansion full of zombies and, you know, that was yeah a vehicle for exploration and finding things. And it was basically an adventure game that took off and yeah, had to be more. And all the places it has gone do you have any like questions about you know where it came from and where it's going after playing re2 well it's interesting because you know with between like re2 is pretty early and then you know re6 is fairly late re6 was kind of like the world ending from zombies there were like a whole ton who were flooding a a like massive seemed like Tokyo-sized metropolis, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then uh, I know Resident Evil 7 goes back to being in like a shack. Yep. Is that still like in the future cuz it's like once you have that like city-wide zombie apocalypse, I don't really get how you go back to small again. Yeah, so let's yeah, let's explore that cuz so at 7 part part was something that kills me but you know it's also fine like seven you're right seven is like global scale zombie pandemic kind of stuff going on um and then or sorry six i meant to say um and then seven is yeah it's back in a cabin and seven is definitely takes place after six um so i don't really know how six wraps (laughs) but it also seems like six was a failed experiment maybe isn't the right word failed attempt at a co-op cash-in um of you know we need let's make 
Resident Evil mainstream shooter kind of thing, and I don't think it worked out. Um, and you know, how do you make an ma- exciting mainstream shooter? You put a lot more enemies. So largely, as far as I know, it six seems to be kind of ignored. And I'm sorry if I keep saying seven when I mean six, and vice versa. But seven is very much back to kind of a roots of here's a small cabin but it is very much still a continuation of the resident evil story you have recurring characters showing up at the very end um that make it very clear that this is a continuation it's not a new universe or anything like that because for a while it does almost feel like it could be a new universe but you do they do some stuff at the very end to tie it in and that very much yeah they they throw chris in who doesn't look anything like chris um i need to play his dlc because he has a dlc chapter that you can play that is what he's doing after that game or something like that it's just him working out it's just him working out and getting buffed for resident evil 8 um (laughs) he begins as the resident evil 7 one and then by the end of the dlc looks like he will in resident evil 8 that'd be great and also pulls off his weird mission impossible mask because he doesn't he doesn't look like chris i would i would play that at all at all but um the the series goes through a large so you know it starts off about zombies just very much zombies and then you know you have your variations you have your tyrants you have your liquors and those kind of things but are still very much just mutated monsters resident evil 4 changes things by adding basically a parasite that are used to mind control people um at a large scale and that's largely what that game is about it's after um umbrella has largely been kind of shut down after getting caught at what they're up to um spoiler alert but i do think it's worth you knowing so after the events of re2 and re3 raccoon city gets nuked literally off the map um that's the way they contain the zombie outbreak is they actually nuke the city well you know (laughs) so i i i kind of i kind of like it and Mm -hmm. i i think it's i think it's interesting i yeah i i think it's interesting but I, but I don't feel the need to to keep playing through all of them, and mm. I think this leads a little bit to um, keeping in mind, you know, my weird selective history with the series. But I think part of what keeps me from being a, being super interested is like the ones that I have played, and this even includes two's remake to a certain extent are. Uh, I, I I probably can't explain this very well, but they're a little bit soulless to me, hmm. and I think that's part of why I don't I don't end up wanting to do like a a deep dive. I don't. Um, so I th- I think four would change your mind, and not not about the others, but I think four yeah. has a soul in a way that the <laughs> others don't. Um, soul is wacky, to say the least. Um, did mm. i say so um four is wacky. I, you, you did you did say soul is wacky soul like is it, wacky though. i'm like i'm sorry i'm tired but yeah four is wacky and you know leon is the character and you've played leon in the remake he's just or you haven't played as mm-hmm. him but you've seen him and he, he pops up and i say hi and he says hi and he's just there being pretty you know um and 
in four he's wisecracking and like also superman and it's pretty dumb and fun he can jump a three-story height and without flinching kind of thing um or jump down three stories there's it's worth checking out it's it's a strange game and i'm not sure if it needs a remake but that's that's a whole other topic but um four might change your mind on the like soul level all this stuff and i think it had more of a wacky soul before five where Hmm. five you know five was largely your introduction to a full game and that game a it's a co-op game so that changes some of the nature of it five also had some very um culturally insensitive cringy troublesome moments we'll say yes (laughs) there we go that's a good word for it (laughs) we'll we'll go with that one yeah yeah no it definitely but i i think seeing it it passed around uh so much and without like the clarity of vision of either like what it's trying to do with either gameplay or story or character or anything i think that's kind of where it it's a series that um like i don't mean to say that two's remake was bad because it it's not but it it did feel like a product to me and that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why those side stories were interesting cuz i was kind of like um there's a lot of love put into that product mm-hmm. but it it but it it did feel like a triple a product in a way that um yeah it 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 just doesn't attach to me with the same sort of visceral connection and one of the other things you're playing right now uh is death stranding and uh when you finish that we'll we'll definitely record that might be a ways away but uh we'll definitely record on that but um i'm I get fairly blown away whenever there's something like Death Stranding, which is actually not even fully in many ways a AAA game, uh, from what I understand of its budget. But whenever people are able to bring out that big product and still feel so unique as a vision, it's mm-hmm. kind of amazing. Not everything can be that way. You can be a very, uh, you know, Shinji Mikami with four as you said, I, I'm guessing that's something I should really check out because it has that. But the ones that I've felt, and I don't know about two's remake, didn't have that to me. And I, I get the sense that three's remake, uh, you know, it's probably a lot harder to do that with a remake. That yeah, mean- that is going to be. I think a remake is probably tough to do that with for sure. Yeah. By its very nature, it is kind of yes, a by totally. it, it's a cash in by its very nature. <laughs> you know, it's like, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's still one of my favorite entries, but it's. Uh, I think to your point, it's one thing I enjoy um, kind of throughout the Resident Evil franchise is their willingness to adjust to the formula maybe not like completely rewrite the formula but it is interesting to see you know the new spin that they take on it each time with you know mm-hmm. four being what it is it's like okay this is a drastic departure and then you know the remakes doing what they're doing and then seven doing what it's doing with this whole new first person thing and you know how it's playing with those concepts there and i think it's six is what it is but you know them introducing co-op and you know how does co-op fit into this and it it changes things i think they're learning that okay co-op maybe weakens the survival and i love five but not for it not for the resident evil reasons um Mm. i I think it's a fantastic co-op game yeah yeah um 
but it's also it hasn't aged particularly well because you can't move and shoot <laughs> you know <laughs> like there's those weird quirks um so I'm, I'm curious where they go from here i'm curious what eight is gonna be like um eight looks to maybe retain some of the goofiness of four which i'm hopeful for seven was serious to a fault i think um but the trailer for eight has werewolves it has weird quirky over-the-top characters from what i've seen you know there's there's stuff going on there that i'm looking forward to and i'm i want to see what they do new and i'm happy that resident evil largely has been willing to try new things even if there are failures like six um, yeah, I mean, it's actually pretty impressive. When, six is amazing to me, the sheer amount of budget thrown at kind of a, uh, we don't exactly know what we're doing, let's try something new. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of money spent at a uh, uh, a weird failure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's. I want to talk about six briefly, because yeah, you, you're right. Six on its surface seems to be an extremely expensive game with like weird bespoke animations for things that you're only going to do once like the whole if you're standing next to a microwave and you stomp this bug you're going to take the bug and you're going to throw it into the microwave and set the timer and like that's like a one-off joke and like that had to have been expensive yeah there's so many things in that game that felt that way Mm -hmm. like limited unique animations and uh i don't know it it's not a good game, but it, it, it weird, weird and kind of interesting sort of thing. Mm-hmm. As much as like, you know, uh, one of the last things you have on here uh, for things we're going to talk about is survival horror co-op, and can it be done well? Mm. <laughs> I, I, I think. I mean, I guess I just got done kind of shit talking five for not doing it well, but I think five does a decent job of kind of walking. Like, I think the story is shit. If yeah. they ch- if they change the setting slightly, I think it would have worked really well. Mm. But I also wouldn't want that every time. Like, it's one of those ones of like, OK, that was fun. Now let's get back to a, a solitary, slower paced exploration based thing and that's kind of the tough thing is like those quiet moments you lose and similar to the way mr x takes away those quiet moments co-op takes away those quiet moments too Mm -hmm. so yeah i i i feel like it might be you know it's a genre that is fundamentally about being powerless and alone Mm -hmm. and you know, we've played a few attempts at people trying to do that, and it feels like that isn't a good fit for what that is trying to do. Mm-hmm. That, um, which does not mean it's not possible, but I, I definitely think that it, it's going against the strengths of co-op and going against the strengths of survival war. Yeah, I'm with you on that for sure. For sure. There's one other thing you wanted to touch on, which I thought was interesting, which is you you got really into Resident Evil during COVID, like <laughs> you know more recently. Obviously, you've been playing it for a while, but like mm-hmm. uh, you got enough into it, uh, not only to kind of be like Sean, you should play this, but also you've been watching a lot of uh, Twitch streaming and kind of diving into that yourself with it. And I I think 
there's definitely a relationship between it and, and you and COVID. Yeah, no, you're definitely right. And it took me a little while to kind of realize it. I'm still, you know, I still have, um, if I look at my Steam favorites category right now, it's a couple games, but there's three Resident Evil games in it right now that I will likely click on and mess with in the next week. Um, and to that point, you know, it's it's a little on the nose that, you know, it's it's a franchise about physically fighting back against a virus, um, a zombie virus in this case. And I feel like there is a certain amount of catharsis and control that you can feel in that. You know, it's 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 a place where you can in a way win against the virus by putting bullets in its face (laughs) then there's also kind of the weird element of it is that like be it a police station or be it a mansion or be it resident evil 7 being stuck in a weird backwater louisiana house it's they're also games to your point about co-op about isolation so there's Mm. it's it's a weirdly relatable situation to be you know as someone that has largely spent the last several months in my home um sitting in this office working it's it there's something nice about fighting back in that kind of controlled situation when otherwise i am largely powerless (laughs) against it yeah I i think when you mentioned it's like you are stuck in a house uh both in the game and figuratively and there's an evil virus killing everyone, but in the game you can shoot it in the face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's 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 a nice uh, it's a nice I you know and it, I thought I found that interesting. When you kind of mentioned that briefly in the past because I found um, I found Resident Evil uh, harder to play right now because for me. Um, uh, this has been a very, very stressful year. You know, mm-hmm. the, yeah, COVID has compounded with a whole bunch of life stuff. And so uh, the stress of playing survival horror um, and being like, ah, is Mr. X going to be uh, in this hall up ahead? Um, definitely is not, I think, the ideal time for me to be playing it. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder if if you think that came from, like, your experience with the series. Well, that, of- yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say is, you know, for the most part, I know Resident Evil's tricks. I know what to expect from them. Seven was an exception to that for a while. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, playing RE2, playing RE1, I know what to expect from those games. Even though RE2 is in the remake was a new game, it was still about a known threat. Um, RE7 took me longer to get into because of the wildcard things in it of the its own version of Mr. X that stalks you through things. It took me a while to figure out how it worked, and that kept me from returning to it um right away after i dealt with it because yeah that that i found stressful and unpredictable and something that was out of my control until i learned again how to deal with it which then brought its own catharsis of okay i know how to deal with this guy now he's no longer scary to me kind of thing um that actually does bring back one more thing that i forgot to put in the notes um that i just think is an interesting relevant thing because people respond to scary um media in different ways you know whether or not they find scary movies actually scary or funny or you know and 
my personal experience with movies and games is I, I do often find a lot of this stuff creepy and scary. Silent Hill, I think, can be very scary. Resident Evil less often is scary to me, um, be it in the older games, the pulled back camera I didn't find particularly scary. Seven, however, being a first person game actually freaked me out at times and I had to put it down because it was too stressful. And you know, scary movies do scare me. I'm curious what your experience is with the genre in that respect. I usually don't I I find games uh to be to be able to be much more frightening than movies because uh in a the lack of control in a movie like i i means it's it's kind of i don't feel there's anything i can do about it so i never feel that sort of connection and i also mm -hmm. tend to feel connected in a way with a character that i'm playing in a game where i don't with the movie like mm -hmm. i really i find it very easy probably because of uh my background with writing to think of the characters in a movie as the characters okay. but you know earlier on i mentioned that i talked to um i didn't say claire talked to a person in resident evil sure 2. i said that i did mm -hmm. and because i i get much more of identification and i get more afraid when there's something that i could actually do and i'm not doing it i could screw it up and stuff and that's where the stress kind of comes in but uh with a movie i just kind of sit back and watch and i could have something be you know there's definitely a difference between the shining and like uh a beat you know like a goofy hammer horror movie sure but but as far as mediums go i find games to be the most scary and uh part of my love for uh dead space i think came from uh uh i mostly played the game i was alone for a week and i was playing it in the middle of the night in a like alone in a in a small apartment without really knowing anyone else in the city and the is a good it was a very scary way to play the game and it made it very affecting mm -hmm. yeah and that that game has awesome sound design on top of it which further yeah. further makes that scarier um so off the top of your head though what scariest video game you've played um i, I mean i'm assuming it's one of two things are you thinking of that or i i end up thinking about pt mm, i was thinking dead space or pt probably yeah I, I think and pt is so much of why i you know i do want to play the silent hill games i just don't have i i still there isn't a way that i want to play it exactly yeah and that, that was that that remains in the way where the um uh the resident evil especially when it took off with five started feeling like a bit more of a corporate product especially like the first two silent hills always seemed very unique and weird and and, and something to go dive into uh i was so excited when i first played pt and then i saw the uh much less well known like there was a crazy trailer for uh for pt that or uh for silent hills Mm -hmm. uh, that looks like kind of an expanded version. I was I was so excited about that because I felt like I was going to finally 
you know, be playing that sort of experience when it first came out with the best tech. Uh, looked amazing. And then uh, it got canceled. <laughs> yep. Maybe. Maybe it's back. We'll see. Um, <laughs> I doubt it, but I can hope. No, like, I'm with you. PT, PT was a thing that made me very excited as a game, but also kind of gave me a sense of dread because it was so masterfully crafted in many ways but also so stressful to play that the idea of playing <laughs> the idea of playing a full game of that really kind of freaked me out yeah i i mentioned at one point to you that my ideal version of silent hills would be like six pt length things stitched you know like almost not even even necessarily stitched together but like that sort of length was good because i can deal with that period but i i, I don't want 20 hours of that you know mm -hmm. I, I it that's it's it's not a good fit and um dead space had some very frightening moments to me um part of what made it a very cool game is that it had multiple tones mm -hmm. and so so you know, we mentioned they're invincible enemies and that, but there's also, um, I remember the first time I, your character walks out onto just kind of the bridge, and it's like, oh, this is just awesome. You can mm -hmm. have that moment of awe, and there are moments that are just good action game, and then there are other parts that, that are uh, full-on horror. Mm -hmm. So um, I think I go to PT because it's just, pure that experience whereas if you play any given hour of dead space it might not be that scary and you'd have to pick out those parts yeah no i'd love like a episodic approach to any of that stuff i think mm -hmm. would be cool um yeah yeah i'd probably put pt up there i found early parts of resident evil 7 really scary i think the first person perspective really makes that stuff even harder to deal with one game actually that's also in the silent hill franchise it's actually one of the bad ones but i still found like exceptionally stressful and scary to play was playing the i don't i was it origins origins i anyway silent hill mm -hmm. i think origins on the psp um <laughs> i remember playing that in the dark with headphones on and the claustrophobia of a small screen um was actually really intense there to the point i didn't actually finish that one um, well you mentioned headphones and like the sound design of dead space and playing in the dark and those aspects make such a big difference mm -hmm. and if you played even even something like PT, if you played it at two in the afternoon and with all the sunlight on, the sound muted, it's not going to affect you that much versus if I, if you come over to my house, you play it uh, with surround sound headphones on mm -hmm. and uh, at, at two o'clock in pitch black, I leave the room, you're just kind of left there on your own that's a it's a totally different experience yeah absolutely and yeah that's a, that's actually one funny thing about me playing through re7 is my my office here has a particular quirk where the door likes to shift and creak <laughs> and it's right next to me and i never notice it any other time except for when i'm playing resident evil 7 like I've been in here all day, I haven't noticed it do it once, but when I'm playing that game, I am acutely aware of every noise and it catches me off guard every time. And if you go back and watch my streams, you'll see my eyes dart 
to the door occasionally as I hear it do that. Um, most of the time, I'm just assuming it's my wife or something like that coming in, but it's still just kind of a eh? okay. But every now and then, every now and then, every now and then, it's a creepy little girl with black hair that's out of the ring. Um, so yeah, it's it's crazy. So yeah, and speaking of, so that the series does get a little bit off the rails back to resident evil with some of that stuff because it does very much seven introduces some kind of classic japanese horror kind of style stuff of creepy little girls and whatnot and does a decent job at it so i'll I'll leave it at that um anything else to wrap up our talk on re2 i think think that's pretty good and uh I, I mean, we could mention other stuff we're playing. Hey, you're doing some Death Stranding and maybe yeah. try Crossroad. Yeah, so I, I've been getting back into Death Stranding now that the PC version's out. I've restarted that because it also felt like an uphill climb to jump back into where I was. I didn't Literally finish it. Literally an uphill climb. Uh, yes. No, um, I, didn't, I didn't finish it the first time, not for lack of wanting to, but just because life happens. And um, the way I best enjoyed that game was kind of quietly meditating in it, and that kind of got hard to do. Um so I'm getting back into that and I'm enjoying it. I'm excited to get past all the intro cutscenes that exist for the first how many hours of that game? Six hours of that game? A lot of hours of that game. Um, and then get into the kind of the meat of what that game is. And also I've been messing with uh, the Harvest Moon Friends of Mineral Town remake that's on Switch. That's been fun. It's There's not a lot to say about it. Um, it's it's funny to say it's a simplified stardew valley um which is kind of a is kind of nice it's mindless it's entertaining to do and then i've also messed with uh cross code which i need to play more of so i can get to why people like that game because (laughs) so far every time i ask you you're pretty negative uh it's just it's so front-loaded with talking and not that that's necessarily bad but it's not interesting talking it's just a lot of like hey mmos am i right and it's not an mmo but it's treading on its whole fiction is dependent of like there's weird stuff going on in this mmo so we're gonna talk about a bunch of mmo stuff and we're gonna flood you with information like an mmo does and see what we're doing here and it's 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 aggravating to me at this point because i just want to play a zelda game (laughs) Um, (laughs) so we'll we'll see i I need to push through i'm still in the starting town and have not even ventured out into the world map and i still feel like i've played probably an hour and a half to two hours so i'm it's it's not moving fast enough for me we'll say um but i i will hopefully have more on that next time are you playing anything or do you have any plans i I started playing uh the cave because um uh that type of adventure game like what i think of as like a lucas artsy sort of thing is kind of my comfort food Mm -hmm. like i i just kind of uh and so far it is totally fine I, I'm actually maybe a little disappointed because it's Ron Gilbert, so I had higher expectations, and it's it's been fine. Okay. Uh, the, the humor is good. The humor is funny, but like the actual rest of it has been like it uh, seemed like an extremely subpar platformer. Uh, it, or some, it, it's, extremely it's mediocre. Okay. It's it's a so did you ever play like Maniac Mansion? Yeah. 
So it's it's much more that sort of thing. So you have different characters and you control you you jump between the characters at the same time and you're doing different puzzles with like if this character does this, this character does this, and this third character has to do this other thing. Okay. Um and it's been totally fine, but not um I know that Ron Gilbert was very into it for a long time and it's kinda like I, I, I think he was an incredibly brilliant game designer uh, during his heyday, but I, I haven't been very impressed. I'll probably finish it because, yeah, that sort of thing is, I just find it comforting. Um, it's kind of a nice, uh, it uses just enough of my brain and has entertaining jokes, but uh, I've been doing that, and uh, there's a, guess what, Blake? There's a new Hearthstone expansion out next week. Ooh. Yay. <laughs> Yay! But it um, looks like Hearthstone. Yeah, I've also. <laughs> no, I'm sure it's great. Uh, I was I was happy to play a little bit of board games with my family finally. Okay. So I, I was able to do some some gaming stuff, even though otherwise I've been playing uh, Starfinder with friends online, and I, you know, it's a longer topic, but basically. Um, I do it because I, I miss my friends, but I don't think that that's a very good way to play RPGs. So, yeah. well, you know, Polygon told us that's okay to feel that way. So, oh well, if Ben, if, if ben says so, yeah, Ben not. said so. Ben said it is okay to feel that that is a subpar experience. My dislike for him makes me want to go. <laughs> you know, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe this is for the best. <laughs> yep. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. So yeah, we've been listening to the Ben Kachera shit postcast. <laughs> Your place for all the Ben Kachera shit posting. No, I mean, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'm not. <laughs> you might be. I don't know. I just don't like what, his what writing. Is, what, is, what does nice guy mean, though? Because like, I, I, I'm aware some of his views i think he might i don't think he'd be a jerk to you if you met him in person but i i feel like um let's say you made a game he slightly doesn't like i think he would be yeah true fair enough fair enough all right <laughs> well i think that wraps up this episode of the podcast so um i do want to thank everyone for listening um i want to let everyone know that they can check out our uh twitch channel which currently has one archive stream on it for resident evil 2 and a little bit of the original resident evil um you can find that at twitch.tv slash exposition break and watch us you know mess around with some games there we hope to be doing more in the future hopefully diving yeah. into a feature about dark Souls souls 3's dlc that we kind of talked about briefly on the last podcast but hopefully we'll make that a reality very I, I soon i want to uh check out the resident evil remake weird side story stuff with you who i i mean my other thing about resident evil 2 is that i am bad at it <laughs> i i it assumes you will hit them on the head every time i do not <laughs> sometimes you gotta go for leg shots uh, yeah. Pro tip: so, I, 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 I think it'd be more entertaining for me to watch you play through those things because they, they look cool and they look streamlined. 
So. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's plan on that. We'll add that to the docket too. Um, you can visit expositionbreak.com for our written content, and you can follow us on Twitter at expositionbreak. Send questions or comments to podcast at expositionbreak.com. I want to thank Icefields for the use of our theme music. Um, you can find his music on SoundCloud. And the Exposition Break podcast can be found on Anchor, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes, and a couple other locations. But again, thanks to everyone for listening, um, and I hope everyone has a fantastic week. Thank you, Sean. Have a good one. Have a good one.